Welcome to the Three Guys with Epic Lives podcast. Your hosts are Justin Breen, Evan Ryan, and I'm Bill Bloom. This show is for high-level entrepreneurs and for those who want to learn to live their most epic lives. Please subscribe to our podcast and tune in every Tuesday for more incredible conversations about living epic lives because we could all do that. Make sure you subscribe to the channel and thank you so much for being part of the show. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Three Guys with Epic Lives podcast. This is Evan. I'm here with Bill Bloom with Justin Breen. And today we are talking about connection as being the opposite of control. So I'm really excited to hear about this topic. I think it's going to be really fascinating for our listeners. Justin, do you mind introing what this thought is? Yeah, sure. Um, it's good to good to have the gang back. Um, I was listening to um, an interview with Brene Brown. Um, really, she's really interesting. Really interesting person. Um, she talks a lot about, about empathy, and I'm always trying to, you know, she talks about in relationships, um, in relationships that you know, you're acting as if you, you love someone, but you're actually controlling them. So it's like a close, it's a close, um, it's close to love, but it's actually the opposite of it. It's, it's controlling someone as opposed to loving someone. And she talks about this term, uh, like a near enemy. So like far enemy, like, you know, it's a really, you know, it's your enemy. You can, it's obvious, but the near enemy, it's like, it's close and you can't really you can't really tell it's an enemy, but it's actually just as damaging. So, you know, uh, you know, my whole life is just connecting people, you know, whether through its media or, you know, a SaaS platform, just connecting people. And then I see, I see how controlling, how controlling um, can be the enemy of that, where like you want to create real connections and not control and not control the connection. So that's what I got out of that. And I'd love to hear your takes on that. Yeah. I mean, talking about control, there's so many different ways to do that. It could be from a business standpoint, it could be your significant other, it could be your kids. It could be, you know, the person behind the Starbucks counter making your drink, you want it your own way. And I think it comes from a, a really negative place. It comes from a lot of your upbringing, it comes mm. from your past relationships. It, you're, I think it's a taught habit or it's a taught or learned, I should say. Whereas you've had some really bad experiences in your past and it, you think that that's the way to get what you want. And it, it's not, it's definitely not. That's not a collaborative way. It's not a, it's not a way to make other people love you because you're not giving love. You're giving really hate. <laughs> You're not giving that, that empathy, that, that way to share your own light. And mm. that's what I and think I, of that. What, you know, that was really interesting, Bill. So what you said there was fascinating because you're not, you're not taught the control aspect. You know what I mean? So here's where I see this immediate connectivity. Um, um, I, I guess I coach both of my son's baseball teams youth baseball teams and I'm always at their soccer games and stuff. And so when they play these baseball games, they're seven and nine, there's no like 
all these kids want to do is have fun, they, whether it's with their team or the other team. And it's an immediate connection. So I'm like, uh, like, let's say um, there's a delay between games. So like, I'll, I'll be like to my, one of my sons, be like, oh, oh, go, hey, go play with that other kid over there. They don't know him, but they'd immediately go over there and then they just start playing. So it's an immediate connection. So I think you're right, Bill. I think it's just the controlling aspect is learned over time or you're taught that maybe by watching adults, how they try to control the environment. It's definitely a weird aspect. And Evan, I'd like to hear what you think about this too. I don't know. I've been trying to gather my thoughts. I think, I think, you know, when I think about where control comes from, control comes from, a, a desire to reduce the probability of failure. And so in the, like, in the event that there could be failure and that failure could cause pain, a lot of times people want to have control or at least people like think that they want to have control because then they can have a, a better chance at achieving a positive, a positive outcome. I think what's interesting with like, with connection is a connection is a two-way street. Mm. So I don't know if I necessarily think it's the opposite of control, but I definitely think that in order to have connection, you must give up some control. Mm. Um, Otherwise it's authoritarian and authoritarian isn't really connection. Um, And so I think it's a, a really interesting point. I think Justin, the, the point that you're making about your kids and, and you know just like going and playing with random strangers is what they're not doing is they're not trying to control how they play with those kids. They're not trying to control if those kids allow them to to play with them. Right. And because they're entering that relationship with a completely free and open mind they've given up control and they can embrace the connection. That's, that's great. Um, tremendous. What do you think about what Evan just said, Bill? Cause you're about to have kids. Well, you see, you know, James with James getting a little older and then going to have the second kid getting, obviously getting older. So that was, that was really good. Evan. That was good. That was very, very good. There are times when, when you have your kids and you want them to do a certain thing because you think that's the right way and they want to go and do their thing. Like, like James, he's not even three yet. And he wants to do things his way. And he's saying, no, I want to do this. No, I want to do that. And that's really aligned with what you said, Evan, because it's as simple as something like this. When he gets something on his hand, he immediately wipes it on his shirt. And we want him to use a napkin, <laughs> like simple things, right? But I can't control what he does, whether he's three or 30. When he's 30 years old, maybe he'll do the same thing. Who knows? I doubt it. I do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> the other day we were driving in the car and like we got donuts and we were coming back from soccer. It was great. And I, I took a bite. We're driving. He's watching me. And I put my hand on my leg and he goes, daddy, don't wipe your hand on your leg. (laughs) Like like what we say to him, like, don't wipe your hand on your shirt. It's really important to give up really any sort of control because you're never in control. You're never in control 
of the scenario, the situation, the only thing you're in control of or can be is your thoughts, how you react to things. Giving up control is a beautiful thing. I think things come to you that way instead of you trying to force your way into situations. I think it's very hard to make an authentic and strong connection if you are trying to retain control. Yeah. Because in the in retaining control, I think there's an element of a facade of some sort. Totally, totally, totally. I mean, think about your relationships that you've had in the past. Think about the things that we've all done in the past. You can't always have it your way. I mean, I'm sure there's a million examples of when we've given up control or we didn't, we let someone else make that decision. Like you think of your collaborators, you think of the people you're working with, like Evan, you and I, for Diane Money, Justin, you and Mark, you're not, we're not in control of everything. We never will be. That Those are perfect examples. Some of the best collaborations are you let other people who are better at you to do things that they need to do to advance what you're doing, whether it's your family, whether it's your kids, whether it's your business partners or employees, whatever, all that stuff helps. That's, that's where you make gains in your life is when you give up that control and let people be in their own joyous space to give them joy and like really appreciation in their lives. So maybe you give up the control, which allows you to make connection, which creates the collaboration. Exactly. How are you going to connect with someone if they're down your throat, yelling at you? It has to be this way. You're going to tell that person to, you know, take a hike. How are you going to want to collaborate with someone in that, in that nature? Those are damaging, damaging aspects to relationships. Any type. Yeah. The other interesting component about connection is I think they're kind of, there are three kinds of network relationships, at least that I can think of, which is there's a one-to-one network relationship where I have a relationship with you. Mm -hmm. In order to have a true and authentic connection, both parties need to give up some modicum of control. It can be a 70, 30, 60, 40, 50, 50, whatever, zero, zero, whatever it is. But both parties have to give up some modicum of control for it to be a true one-to-one connection. The second is a one-to-many connection. That's the Mm. one that has the most control, but it has the least individual connection because you haven't really, like, because if you are the one, you're serving many people. And if you are the many, you're in a crowd of many people. Mm-hmm. So you don't have that strong of a connection to, to the one. The third is a many to many where everybody has lots of connections to everybody. And that the kind of network effects really grow. And that's where one plus one equals 10 or one plus one equals 20 or one plus one equals 30. That also has the least amount of control because no one party is centralized. And so what I think is interesting is, is looking at a collaborative future, you know, a collaborative future is many to many. And so I don't necessarily know if connection is the opposite of it, but with more control, there is less connection. And with, with more connection, there is less control. The one to many 
I never thought I'd bring up this vertical in this because I really never talk about it. But the one to many to me says politics or politician. Um, well, even strategic coach is one to many in some instances, but in some instances they've made it many to many, which is what they've done a really good job of is, you know, as a zoom web conference is one to many, but yes. the moment that you enter a breakout room, it becomes many to many. That's a good point. The other thing, the other thing, and strategic coach is a good example of this and other groups like any group like this or like that, no matter what the price point is to join, if there even is a price point is there's control of who gets in the room and who doesn't. But I think that does create the right connection by starting with the control. So that's an interesting dovetail to connection or control being the opposite of connection. I do think it is essential in some cases to have that control of making sure that the right connections are created. Well, I think that's more of an optimization function. If you want your many-to-many -many optimization to be people of a certain caliber, no matter what that caliber is, then there needs to be some sort of a walled garden. And you can create that wall however you want to create that wall. But... In order to in order to increase the quality of the many to many connection, there has to be a vetting mechanism. Yeah. Justin, how's the Brepic network doing? If you don't mind my asking. So Mark, so this is an example of that. Um, I've given up complete control other than talking about it, and Mark uh, seems to be adding a new person to it every single week. Um, I don't know how he does that. <laughs> I don't really ask him. <laughs> so maybe we should get Mark on this podcast one time. It'd be interesting. I'm always fascinated by how his brain works. So, but, but the other thing too, with that, the other thing too, with that is, um, you know, giving up control for, for a new book and have scribe publishing doing it. And then, giving up control for book collaboration with Mark and Russ Allen Prince. I all I did with that was they just wanted my name on it and talk about the new company. So I'm like, oh, okay. Um, but that started, that started with the right, the right connection. It started with the right connection and then allowing, allowing myself to give up control. You know, the other thing that's been interesting, I, I don't know if Peter Diamandis said this, someone in that vein, they're like, don't, the try not to use um, first person, say I or me or my, talk about like we or us. So I've been really cognizant. I just, I just broke the rule. Uh, Notice that a lot lately, trying not to say I or me as much as we and us. And what do you guys think is important about being in the right room to connect with people or family members, because there are those family members that drive us nuts. We don't want to see <laughs> at the holidays. They're just even friends, right? Why is it so important for us to have those right connections? Like what does, what has, what has it done for you both? Like personally in your work life to have the right people around you? It's every, I mean, it's everything. Every, there, that's where it starts to me. That's where it, like this room with us 
in it. I mean, that's everything. That's where it starts, I think. It's a really, it's a tough start if you're not in the right room. But if you are in the right room, then it can create everything from there. It can create the many, you know, the many for many, what Evan just said, you know, many, many plus many, one plus one equals an infinite. That's where it starts, having the right many's in there. Yeah, I would say that I think having the right people around you allows you to be authentic. And it allows you, like in that authenticity, I think you're able to build relationships at their foundation versus very superficial relationships. Um, one thing I think about, especially as it, as it pertains to, you know, being with people at your caliber or being with people near your caliber is, you know, I think about this idea of like, what if Elon Musk went to a tech conference as, as an attendee? Like what would happen? Well, crowds would flock around him and everybody would ask questions and everybody would want to spend time with him. And when he goes to the snack bar, everybody would want to go to the snack bar. And, you know, at that point, it becomes a one-to-many relationship. You have a conference, which was designed to be many-to-many. And then you have this like weird little one-to-many dynamic that, that comes like that comes into play and Elon's not allowed to meet people where they are. And those people, if they're like kind of fangirling to use like the colloquialism, can't meet Elon where he is. And so now you have an inauthentic relationship where one person's giving and one person's taking. And, and so I think, I think the, the big key is keeping that authenticity allows you to build a really strong relationship. I mean, just like I would flock to Harry Styles if Harry Styles showed up <laughs> wherever I was. I'd be losing my mind. Bill, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, so you're a fangirl of Harry Styles. That's what I think. <laughs> you bet. You absolutely bet I am. I can see Evan yeah. flocking to Harry Styles. Can someone do a gif of that? I can't, but uh, if any of you can, that'd be great. Yeah, especially when, like your scenario, if Elon wants to go learn something or wants to do something and he's being bothered by all these people, like it's just not going to be an authentic. It's like when you see a celebrity on the street and they're just trying to have dinner or they're doing something. I was sitting in Fort Lauderdale when my wife had a conference there and Dennis Rodman was at the table right next to me and being a Chicago Bulls fan forever, yeah. like I had to say hi. But, like we used to go to the games when we were kids. Our neighbors had season tickets. We went to like the championship games, a playoff game, like the whole nine yards. So it was just incredible. And he was like rude to me because I interrupted his dinner. And I get it. I don't care. I just want to say thank you for being awesome. You know, you're like one of our childhood heroes, blah, blah, blah. He didn't care, right? It doesn't matter to him. So I get what you're saying. We don't want to, that was not a way to connect with him. Just a table over, just say hi. Um, and it's not like a controlling thing, part of our conversation today, but understanding that if we want to truly connect with someone, you have to give to get, you should have that giving mentality, not like, hey, I want something from you. That, that was a big takeaway from what you said, Evan. 
you guys want to wrap it up? And I just looked up who Harry Styles was, Evan. So thank you. <laughs> Here's in one direction. I still, I still look up every, every maybe month or two. I still look up if one direction is getting back together. I mean, absolutely love them. But yeah, this has been another great episode of three guys with epic lives. Uh, I'm Evan. We have Justin, we've got Bill with us, um, and hopefully Harry Styles will join us at some point. Thanks very much for for listening. Uh, Please subscribe. Please share the show. Uh, We'll be with you very soon. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Three Guys with Epic Lives podcast. We are truly grateful for you listening, and please make sure you subscribe and follow the podcast on your favorite podcasting channel. Don't forget to share this episode with your friends and family all over your social media. And again, we're very grateful to have you as a listener on our show.